0: The Leach Report radio network is on the air across Kentucky with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is your chance to get the latest news and views on your cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. And you can interact with Tom by tweeting at Leach Report or by emailing leechreport at gmail.com. And you can call the DrinkSword.com hotline 877 904 1080. Now, Here's Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Tuesday edition of The Leach Report. Uh, two more live shows this week, and then we'll have Best of The Leach Report on Thanksgiving Day. And then we'll have a pre recorded show on Friday because it is a station holiday, but it will be all original content. Uh, a lot of previewing of the Kentucky Louisville Governor's Cup matchup. But today, we're going to. Check in with our buddy Larry Vaught from over in Danville. Justin Rowland from Cats Illustrated. Since there's no show on Thursday, Justin's going to join us today. And Brian Milam from WKYT-TV here in Lexington. That is our guest lineup as we roll into the Wildcat news of the day. It is a service of Giuseppe's of Lexington. Kentucky men's basketball team handled Albany last night, 86-61 to improve to 4-1 on the season. Second straight 20-point game for Ty Ty Washington as he uh, hit uh, exactly 20. And just is so smooth. Uh, You know, you you get the feeling he could score 30 and it would, uh, you know, not, you wouldn't think he was taking all the shots. You know, he just very uh, methodically uh, shooting a high percentage. So uh, seems to be finding a good groove right now. Uh, Keon Brooks, 17-8. and And really, uh, stroking it well from about 15 to 18 feet right now. Uh, he has, at, at the moment, had some nice moves where he backed his man down, had a little jump hook in the lane, couple of fall He's, uh, he's getting that fall away, uh, to look really good where he gets it up high. Um, Oscar Sheebway, yet another double figure rebound game, but he got into foul trouble again. Uh, 12 points, 14 boards for Sheebway. And, uh, Put him back into the second half after sitting him with the two thousand to first and then got a third one fairly quickly, got a fourth one fairly quickly. Didn't foul out of the game, but uh, couldn't stay in for long stretches, but still grabs a ton of rebounds. Kentucky was without Davey and Vince. Um, they tweeted out just before the game that he was sick and uh, would be uh, day-to-day. Lance Ware, Jacob Toppin still not playing. Uh, Chin Coleman, assistant coach, came out in place a cow on the post game radio show last night, and uh, we were talking about the guys that they were uh, not, uh, that they didn't have. And anyway, he mentioned uh, at some point in his answer that uh, something about getting uh, Jacob back this week. So maybe he's close. Um, kind of, it's kind of felt that way that he and uh, uh, that he's maybe the, the closest, but that uh, wear's probably not that far away, and then uh, hopefully Mince is is. is uh, is a quick one as well. Kentucky will be back on the court Friday against North Florida and next Monday against Central Michigan. Uh, So Kentucky um, has a few days of uh, practice. They'll, I'm sure, do their uh, annual visit to the Salvation Army to serve meals on Thanksgiving morning. It's uh, been a tradition since Coach Cal has been here. To football, Governor's Cup week, of course, and that was – a lot of the topic of conversation yesterday for Mark Stoops, who had complimentary things to say about Malik Cunningham and, uh, and UofL. Um, he was also asked about the rumors of other programs' possible interest in him. Two SEC schools now are looking for coaches, LSU and Florida. Uh, Stoops said, quote, I don't want that out there. I don't want that distraction. I don't ask for that. And then he said, I've been nothing but committed to doing that here, talking about building a program and plan on doing that. So that's uh, about all he can uh, can say. And uh, the story is going to be there uh, until they for several coaches until they those two schools make their decisions. LSU cornerback Eli Ricks enters the transfer portal. Already reports that Kentucky has been in contact. You figure that Kentucky is going to be going to the portal to try to find some help in its secondary for next season with guys that they lose and uh, they've had some struggles there, uh, especially at the corner position. Um, There is a junior college, highly regarded junior college quarterback that has been committed to Kentucky for quite a while that they will uh, try to hang on to and sign next month. Ty Ty Washington, named SEC Freshman of the Week, and Kentucky men's basketball number 10, up to number 10 in the latest Associated Press rankings that came out yesterday. We're coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio in Lexington with the Leach Report. And the Wildcat news of the day is served up by Giuseppe's of Lexington. You can go to giuseppislexington.com and purchase gift cards for those hard-to-buy-for folks on your list. And Giuseppe's will even mail them out for you. And then you can let them take you out for a wonderful evening at Giuseppe's uh, with that climate-controlled patio and the live jazz music every night and fantastic pasta at Giuseppe's. Try their lasagna next time you're there. That is, I think, my favorite thing on the menu at Giuseppe'sLexington.com. We'll be right back with Brian Milan from WKYT TV. It's the Leach Report on
1: Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email Report at gmail.com.
0: We're served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington, and we welcome to the program Brian Milam from WKYT-TV in Lexington. Uh, Brian, let's uh, start with uh, a little Kentucky basketball and the win last night over Albany and, as expected, 25-point victory for kentucky but uh, you've seen kentucky now with four wins against uh, you know much lesser foes than they faced in the opener so tell me what progress you're seeing from that duke game to now these four wins well you mentioned ty ty washington a little while ago
1: and and i think we you know you start with duke you have a bad outing with three or 14 maybe overly amped a little bit and now he's settling in slowly but surely at and as we know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But so many people, why isn't he doing this? He did this in the preseason. Why is he doing that? Just relax and give the guy some time. He's he's young, and uh, I think we're seeing what Kellen Grady is all about when he gets hot. Uh, you know, I th- I find it funny when Cal says, "Hey, he's on the he's on the scouting report." Well, he's a two thousand point score. He better be on the scouting report for There's a bad teams. coaching if he wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he is so smooth and. um but back to Ty-Ty, you mentioned he, he's just smoothing his shot. I kind of had a little running poll with friends of mine. Who had the smoother shot, Ty-Ty or Deron Lamb? They both had real soft releases. And um, kind of looking at those guys. But Oscar, if, if there's not a nicer human being that's ever worn blue and white, in my 23 years in TV, I've yet to meet him. And just an animal inside, uh, I, I think he is – I think he's more than what people actually thought of coming in because no one really knew what to expect, and and he's shown he can do it against Duke or he can do it against Albany or Robert Morris. He attacks the backboards, and that's something this U.K. team desperately needs.
0: He is uh, showing a nice little 15-footer, too, out to the free-throw line sure in the elbows.
1: Yeah, we haven't seen too many big men uh, over the years. Usually big men are back to the basket. Cal has always said he likes... You know, to work some of his guys with their back to the basket, but in this new era of basketball, over the last fifteen years, we've seen the big guy, you know, face up the basket and and shoot and and yeah, the the jumper has caught some people by surprise maybe. And when Cal says he hit what eighty seven in a five minute span or eighty nine, approaching Kyle Wiltjer territory, that, that means something, especially when you're two hundred fifty five pounds and and you're a brawler.
0: This is going to be clearly a uh, one of the better offensive rebounding teams that Calipari's had, mainly because of of Oscar, Uh, good on the defensive glass. So reboundings, uh, I think, certainly going to be one of their strengths. They've out rebounded everybody they played, including Duke. What are the other strengths? Do you think ultimately going to be, or do you have a good feel for that yet?
1: Well, I don't know if you have a good feel because defensively I think the team is still trying to figure out certain things because they haven't had a full roster to play with yet. You know, Davion sits last night. You don't have Jacob Toppin and Ware in the lineup the last couple of games. And and when uh, Bruiser Flint said Jacob Toppin, he could be the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, that means something. And he's not been on the court yet. So maybe we'll see the defense pick up in certain ways when he does get a chance to come back. Um, you, uh, about the rebounding, though, I, I don't remember Cal, and at least right off the top of my head, he's sending a message to the officials over the last couple of game, a uh, couple of games about Oscar and foul trouble. Because if Oscar's not in the game, you're going to have to rely on Damian Collins and Keon to get in there and mix it up a little bit. And Cal keeps talking about fighting. For older guys, you got to get in there. You got to do this. You got to get the rebound. And if Oscar's not in there, I think sometimes there might be a worry against better teams. Who is going to rebound? So Oscar's got to stay on the floor, not on the bench.
0: Uh, Cal was really working the officials last night. You could see just from from where at Mike and I sit across the court, uh, he's with his body language trying to show the official that you know Oscar's going straight up and guys are moving <laughs> under him. And and that's lo- what's looking like a foul when Oscar's, in fact, going straight up. So he's trying to, to sell that message.
1: Well, there's a lot of plays, and I know officiating is not easy. We all know that. But when you are 255, 260 pounds, whatever he is, and you barely touch somebody, they're going to move. And
0: good point <laughs> he, I, you know
1: he talks about the defensive positioning when he says, "You know, on a screen, you can't penalize him for being two hundred and fifty five pounds and now, if he moves on a screen, I get it, which of course, the other day, his second foul was a moving screen, and he was on the bench for the next eighteen minutes um, but I, I really I find it interesting Cal is putting that bug in a lot of people's ear because Kentucky needs Oscar on the floor in a big way if they're to compete. On the on the uh, on the glass against some of the better taller teams
0: shift to uh, Kentucky football the governor's Cup matchup on Saturday um, a month ago I think Kentucky would have been a, a solid favorite uh, now in betting lines are a uh, basically like a public opinion poll. So they're they're uh, measuring what fan expectations or perceptions are. And so now Kentucky's a slight underdog, at least at the moment, in this matchup. Uh, what do you expect on Saturday night? You know, I, I thought um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, and, and like
1: you, you get asked a lot of, hey, Tom, what's, who's going to win today? What's the score going to be? And the Tennessee game, I said, it's going to be a shootout. I didn't think it'd be 99 plays, 600 yards of shooting it out and, you know, 45, 42. But I think, and I told the guys at the Herald leader, I I think you're going to look at another 40, 34 classic. There've been two great games where Kentucky and UofL have split on a 40, 34 score. And I really believe it's going to go down to the wire again. And in a game of so much offense, the defense is going to make the big play, uh, when it matters. And, um, You know, Louisville put 62 on Duke. Well, you know, Louisville's put up some points, but, you know, uh, it's been a while since they've really given up some points. They, They did against Clemson, but they also haven't faced, I don't think, an offense like Kentucky who can come at you in a thousand different ways. But if Kentucky gets put on the ropes a little bit, Mark Stoops will go to that run game and chew up some clock a little bit and slow the thing down, much like the game started with Tennessee. If they get out early, go to the run game, and let's reestablish control of the tempo. Uh,
0: the uh, turnover count's going to be crucial. One would oh, think man. in a game like this because, and on paper, you know Louisville's had one uh, turnover. It's uh, it's made in the last four games, I think. Kentucky has had an issue with turnovers. But the thing about that particular stat is you can look at, at stats for what a season has has done but that's just a given game kind of thing it could go you know wildly one direction or the other in a given game
1: it can and i just find it so interesting kentucky is on the verge of a ninth win and they rank so low in turnover Amazing.
0: margin. Yeah.
1: it's i don't think you know there are some stats which pop out at you and some that get glossed over That is one of the most amazing stats I've ever come across in a season where a team is second in the toughest division slash in the conference in the country, and their differential is so poor. But I think right now you don't even think about it. You don't even talk about it because you know what? We've got this far. If you're Mark Stuke, you say we've got this far doing what we do, so we're just going to keep doing it. And against Louisville, uh, I think you're really going to see some early scoring, and maybe things start to settle in because everybody's going to be so ramped up. But, you know, Louisville's going to attack that U.K. secondary, and I don't think it's going to take very long for them to try to do so.
0: Quick question on the high school football playoffs as we're paring it down to the teams that will head to Kroger Field for the state championship games. Uh, Who's the, the biggest surprise that is still in this thing for you in any class? Well, in central Kentucky... I think you
1: look at Woodford County only because you go you go through the last decade plus they've not been competitive once they got into district play. Woodford County is thirteen and oh Dennis Johnson, the former wildcat, has it rolling over there right now, and they beat Tubcat this past weekend. They'd never beaten Tubcat before, and uh the, you know they lost in the state finals in nineteen seventy eight and with a win. On Friday, they will be back in the championship game. I think just their name alone and their recent reputation has to be the surprise when you just look at everybody. But the majority of the teams in the state semifinals this weekend are household names and uh, good for Woodford County to join that next finally.
0: Brian Milam, WKYT-TV. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. 25 past the top of the hour. We head to the break. Uh, Larry Vaught coming up next. Uh, Congrats to Sam Dick on a wonderful career at Bryan Station, WKYT-TV. They just had a a ceremony for Sam's uh, upcoming retirement. And uh, wish him uh, an enjoyable retirement. Uh, It's uh, well earned. He's done fantastic work. We'll be right back with Larry Vaught.
1: This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at KY.
0: 28 past the top of the hour. Leach Report served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Larry Baut joins the program. Uh, So, Larry, let's uh, start with Kentucky basketball since the most recent thing. They uh, beat Albany last night. Uh, We'll ask you the same thing. Ask Brian. You saw him against Duke, against the, you know, comparable competition now they've had four games where they've been a, a solid favorite so what growth are you seeing and what questions do you still have
2: well, well i think to me the biggest growth i'm seeing is just in Tata Ty- Ty- his overall play and the way that him and wheeler seem to be complementing each other better and better from game to game that, to me that's the biggest growth area i see uh, concerns for me would be, one, I think just the health of the team. They they just need to get healthy and seem to be having a hard time doing that. And then, two, uh, not, not so much how Oscar plays when he's in the game, but are the last couple of games where he's got in foul trouble, is that going to kind of be a, a trend? Is it him kind of getting frustrated and trying to force things? Is it just opponents scheming and finding ways to – make it a little harder on him, and that's causing him to get in foul trouble. But whatever it is, he's going to have to learn to deal with it because they can't have him sitting on the bench for half the game.
0: No, he's uh, much much too valuable. Um, so hopefully that will not be a persistent problem for them. Larry Vaught's with us. You can read him at vaughtsviews.com and yoursportsedge.com And we're coming up on the hard break at the bottom of the hour, so we'll come back continue our visit with Larry. And then we'll get uh, to Justin Rowland in the second half as well on the Leach Report for It's the Leach Report on
1: Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones.
0: From the Clark's Papa Shop studio in Lexington, return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. They host the uh, Sunday morning sports talk show here in Lexington that Larry is a part of with Anthony White, Jack Pilgrim, and uh, Bo Robinson. So we appreciate them. Uh, one of the many things we're thankful for this time of year. Uh, as Larry Vaught uh, joins us here on this Tuesday edition of the Leach Report, uh, you were down uh, covering uh, the Reed Shepard announcement or uh, following online. I'm not sure which. But anyway, what were uh, your takeaways from uh, that announcement, Larry?
2: Uh, I was following online. But, but, but no real surprise about just the humility that Reed Shepherd and his family showed. I mean, and I think any of us that know the Shepherd family, that's what you would have expected. Uh, I think he was excited in his own way. The Shepherds are just not a group that is showing an abundance of, of excitement. They keep their feelings pretty well in check. But I just think it was just a ter- terrific day for Reed. I really like the fact that he included all those youth campers he's been working with for the last five weeks that he included them in his announcement. I thought that was really a cool thing that he did. And I'm, I'm just happy to see uh, him have this decision made and set, and now he can enjoy two years with a lot of fans watching him in high school.
0: You guys had him on the, the Sunday show. Um, what's your take on his readiness to handle just the incredible – Crush of attention that is coming. I mean, it's, it's been plenty of it, but it'll be times ten now that he's committed, and not just the attention from from media and fans, but you know the the way other players will come at him and other opposing fans.
2: I think he's pretty pretty used to that. Tom, I think when you grow up and you're Jeff and Stacy's son, you probably always have a lot of attention on you. He's been around a lot of UK basketball events over the years, and then. His team has been really good the last couple of years and fun to watch. Fans couldn't come out and watch, or a lot of fans couldn't last year. But I think he'll handle it just fine because he's a pretty humble kid. Those players he's on the team with, they've known each other forever, and they get along really, really well. And they've got some other good players on that team, and they've got a team that scores a lot of points. That makes it fun. I think so I, I don't think it'll get to him at all he's not a big social media guy or anything like that so i think he'll be just fine
0: john with larry vaught from vaughtsviews.com and your sports edge.com switch to uh football and uh, mark stoops news conference yesterday and uh, you, you figured he was going to get asked about his name popping up with these other uh, coaching jobs like lsu and florida um what did you think of what he had to say
2: I thought he addressed it pretty well, better than a lot of coaches would have. I mean, he did all that he can do and say that he's committed to Kentucky, that he can't control what's going on, and he wishes it wasn't a distraction, but it is. But he's committed to Kentucky and trying to beat a Louisville team that I think he mentioned about 50 times how much better this Louisville team was than the last time he played Louisville two years ago. So I think coming into the press conference, he had. Two ideas on his mind. He was going to make sure people knew he was committed to Kentucky and make sure that they knew that he thought Louisville was a lot better than they were two years ago.
0: And uh, they certainly are. And they also, uh, the Cardinals, are uh, on an uptick right now. They have to be uh, tremendously confident after you know uh, going through a stretch of, of games that could could break some teams. They survived it, losing close games, blowing fourth-quarter leads, and now they've scored over 100 points in two games. And um, you know, on paper, this looks like a shootout. Is that what you think we'll see?
2: Yeah, I can't imagine it being a 10-7 to game, I don't <laughs> think. I think I think you and Jeff are going to get to uh, see a lot of offense going up and down the field. And it, it, it's really turned into a different game than I thought it would be three months ago, for, for sure. And uh, But it's one interesting thing or, or, or different thing to me seems to be that Kentucky's back in a role that it kind of – Relish as an underdog. It seems to me that that's when Mark Stoops and Vince and those guys have done some of their best motivation, their best coaching when they've been underdogs. So I think for the Vegas line to come out and put Kentucky as the underdog, I think that's probably a, a big plus for Kentucky.
0: I know wins over teams like Vandy and New Mexico State get dismissed, but Stoops seems genuinely... Uh, very happy with how his guys are, are approaching practice in these last couple of weeks, and you know, and, and seem to be in a you know a good frame of mind, good spirits, etc.
2: Yeah, I think so too, Tom. And, and as you mentioned, we had Kenneth Horsey on our on a Sunday morning show with us, and he was talking about all the things this team still has to play for. And Mark was talking about that yesterday, so uh, I think they have got the offense back, kind of kind of going. Now they just need that defense to to show up and play physical. And if a healthy or McCall is part of that Saturday, I think that'll sure help.
0: Yeah, I think that's a a big development for Kentucky because you look at uh, the the how the defensive performance declined once they lost McCall and then Oxendine and and Jordan Wright. And they get you know now McCall's played two games, so uh, he's not going to be a, anywhere near a hundred percent, but he can be. Pretty effective, and I would think in the middle of that defensive front, he can clog things up, and you at least make Malik Cunningham have to spend some time going east-west instead of north-south. That's a big thing.
2: Yeah, it sure is, and I think Justin Rogers has played better, and McCall's able to to go and is at full, close to full speed. That reduces the number of plays that Justin has to play, and should make it a little bit easier. On him, but yeah, because Cunningham's really a pretty unique player, and his when he had a, a cannon for over, what, 500 yards last week, and I thought it was pretty fair what Mark Stoops said that yeah, Kentucky gets knocked sometimes for not being able to defend the, the running, <laughs> the dual threat quarterback very well. But a lot of teams don't defend the dual threat quarterback very well. Yeah. That's what makes them so good.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's true. Kentucky wasn't the only team that had trouble tackling Lamar Jackson. And yeah. and they're still not.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it had not changed, has it?
0: No, no, it hasn't. Uh, Larry, uh, appreciate the time. Happy Thanksgiving.
2: Well, thank you very much, Tom. I appreciate that. Uh,
0: Larry Vaught, vaughtsviews.com, dot com, dot com. A couple of quick things before we get to the next break. Uh, one is, and, and we'll be shamelessly uh, promoting this uh, over the coming weeks. Mike Pratt and I have a book out. Uh, it is uh, we've had uh, 20 years now of doing Kentucky games. And uh, Mike actually had the idea uh, last year to uh, do a book just um, talking about those those two decades. So we have done that, and it is out now. It should be in bookstores soon. It's available uh, online already. Uh, we'll have some book signings coming up next month that we'll tell you about. But uh, it is just a, a collection of stories. Mike and I kind of went year by year and um, just – we taped the conversations talking about each season and turned those conversations into a book. And then there's some fun uh, lists at the back of the book and different uh, categories that I think you'll enjoy. So uh, it is Kentucky basketball, two decades behind the scenes. And you can uh, look for that uh, for a Christmas stocking stuffer. And uh, we'll tell you, uh, our, our book signings uh starting um the weekend where kentucky does not have a basketball game that first weekend in december I think we've got uh three of them coming up that weekend and uh more after that so we'll uh, pass those along as we get closer but for right now we're gonna head to a break it's 18 away from the top of the hour justin Roller will join us when we come right back this is the leech report and we are served up by wild eggs of lexington You're tuned to
1: Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com
0: for more news and views on the Cats. Order before the top of the hour, we're welcoming Justin Rowland from CatsIllustrated.com. Let me start with a guy who's showing up in the transfer portal, Justin. Eli Ricks, cornerback from LSU. Kentucky has... Uh, picked up a cornerback from LSU and Kendall Joseph in the past and an offensive tackle in dare Rosenthal so uh, what do you think the chances are on adding Eli Ricks?
3: I think they're going to be one of the schools that uh, eventually is a real option I mean you're not going to have Joseph and Rosenthal do that and him not know about it like he he knows that it's been a good it's been a good track for those guys, but each situation is different. You know Rosenthal had the connection with Chris Vaughn. And uh, you know, I, I think there there has been some preliminary interest, but you know, a, a lot of the top programs in the country are going to want this guy, and I don't think it's very far along. So, it'll be something to watch, but down the road,
0: Ducky has a commit from a highly regarded
3: JUCO corner, cornerback already, right? Yes, DeCarlos Nicholson from Mississippi uh, Junior College ranks. Yeah, he. Some people think he's the best junior college cornerback in the country. And it's going to be tough to hold on to him because Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Florida State are all coming after him, but he he's said the right things. He seems like he's still committed to Kentucky, and you know they want to overhaul the secondary for next year. And so JUCOs and portal guys are going to be really important.
0: Yeah, Kentucky has had good success in the portal, lost a couple of guys in the secondary that uh, are playing other places. Uh, cornerback's going to be... Uh, right at the the top, in secondary, just in general, on the top of the priority list, I would think, for the transfer portal for Kentucky. And after that, probably have to wait and see which seniors elect to come back, right?
3: Yes, that's right. Um, Devontae Robinson obviously can't come back. Um, Dort would have that super senior option. Um, Tyrell Asian would would have that super senior option. I think Corker is probably a good bet to go to the NFL with him playing in the senior bowl. And then you're looking at Geiger and Carrington Valentine and Andrew Phillips, and like there's going to be a youth movement back there, one way or another. Especially at safety, and they've got to address corner depth. So both corner and safety are going to be priorities. And it's been a it's been a tough last year for them. They lost Clinkscale really late in the off season, and then two of the defensive backs had those legal issues that were that didn't didn't eventually come to anything. And and it's just been a lot of turnover back there. So maybe a more stable year next year.
0: Robinson, McCall, Rodriguez, maybe even Levis. uh, Who, who of those guys is is the best chance? Are the best chances to be back on the team next season? Do you think?
3: The name, image, likeness is kind of a game changer because you know if these guys can secure the kind of um, private deals that that you know would make it more enticing to return, then the thought process changes. So McCall, I spoke with McCall's old trainer. Daryl Graham a little while ago, and he he told me that it was on the table. A return was possible. I mean, he missed several games in what was going to be a showcase year, but somebody had also told me that he had been playing at like a third-round level for part of some of the season. So it, that that's also going to be a consideration. He's going to probably get get all the feedback he needs before he makes a decision. I think Levis will probably be back. He's got the tr- the tools and the traits, but there are things he can still develop uh, as a quarterback on the field, split-second decisions, things like that. Wandale is, is interesting. I think Wandale could. Uh, I wouldn't say it's likely, maybe 25%. Um, but the NIL thing will be something to watch for him. Rosenthal is somebody I'm really watching. I think if Darrell Rosenthal returns a tackle, that really helps the offense next year. Otherwise, you're breaking in two new tackles. And I think it's probably 50-50 on Rosenthal right now, which is better than I thought a month ago. What
0: about the coaching searches at uh, LSU in Florida? Any, any thoughts on how they may play out? That's
3: a good question. Um, I know there was some momentum about Dave Aranda at LSU not long ago, and they've done the, uh, the defensive thing, but I think they feel maybe a little bit different about him because he's winning uh, quite a bit at a place where it hasn't historically been easy to win. That would make some sense. Then I think you're going to have the usual candidates trotted out, Franklin and Riley and Fickle and and names like that. And I think Stoops has been a name of interest for both of those places. Why wouldn't he be? The job he's done in Kentucky. You don't win at Kentucky in the SEC and not you know, get a reputation. Um, I'm not sure if he's been a top, top top-tier guy for those schools, but Scott Woodward, the LSU AD, is the most secretive AD on these searches in the country, so... I've spoken with LSU reporters. Who say they fully expect to be surprised on the day of the press conference. So, so we'll see.
0: Interesting. And I would assume that probably will happen pretty quickly, right?
3: Yeah, they thought between November 29th, which is LSU's last game, and December 6th, 7th, 8th, something like that, before the early signing period. So that 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 time frame totally makes sense. A little more complicated for Florida because they're working on a shorter. Shorter time frame, but yeah, because of the way rosters are put together and how important that process is year over year now, it's important to, to have that staff in place. What do you think
0: that you'll see on Saturday night, Kentucky and Louisville?
3: I think it's going to be a shootout. I mean, I, I think it's going to be really interesting between Cunningham and Levis, two quarterbacks that are playing at a high level and, uh, you know, Kentucky's offense. I think we can say it has evolved. It's been in the process of evolving the season. Every time I think they're passing too much and getting away from that run identity, Cohen and Levis are taking the passing game to another level. And so, I mean, it was New Mexico State, but those numbers that Ali and Juan Dale put up last week, I think they're going to feel empowered to run a pretty wide-open offense against Louisville. And that their defense doesn't scare you. So, So I think both teams are going to be... Playing at a pretty pretty fast pace, pushing the ball downfield, and it might be a might be one of those deals where whoever has it last has the advantage.
0: Cummings uh, had a couple of touchdown catches in the previous two games, and wasn't as much of a factor in this game. I could see him uh, being big in this matchup Saturday, and it's you
3: know big motivational game for him being a Louisville kid. I agree. Yeah, I mean he's just so comfortable out there. I mean that that last touchdown reception he had, where he kind of boxed the defender out of the back corner of the end zone. I mean, he's doing some really mature things as a receiver out there, and you're seeing the catch radius. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, and I, I found it tempting to think about next year, maybe working Keaton Upshaw and Cummings onto the field at the same time. I mean, and Juton McLean as he takes on a more prominent role, he's an accomplished pass catcher. They're going to have some options, and, and not just receivers, but tight ends and running backs. And that's one of the things that's been fun to watch about this offense.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, uh, they're – Certainly seem to be moving toward a much more high powered passing attack. You know, at the Syracuse transfer that's that's coming in, and the kids they're recruiting.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to look at the portal either. And you know, this week, uh, tomorrow, we get a decision from Barry and Brown, who is who would be the highest ranked receiver to ever commit to Kentucky, and he's uh, the number three player in Tennessee, the number fifty three player in the country. And I mean, Alabama fans wanted this guy really bad because. You know, anybody in the recruiting industry could tell you Barion has some Devonta traits, and that's a a high bar. But just in terms of the kind of player he is, the raw talent, um, he's on another level, and he would play a lot next year.
0: Care to make a guess? I think it's Kentucky.
3: I think it'll be Kentucky. I think Alabama is not as involved as they were, and this is similar to Trevin Wallace when it kind of fell into Kentucky's lap and, and a few things broke their way. I think Liam Cohen and Scott Woodward, the receivers coach right now, have really done a good job of uh, of making this an attractive situation for him, and uh, he's seen the offense and the way it's grown. And yeah, I think Barry will take Kentucky.
0: Yeah, Wondell Robinson's uh, been a, uh, a great advertisement—a guy that wanted to play more receiver than than being a kind of a hybrid running back that he was at Nebraska. And he comes in, and he's going to be uh, maybe the top receiver in the league.
3: Yeah, total total game change this season has been in terms of. The, the, the problems that recruits had with Kentucky's offense. Why am I going to be a blocker? You know, am I going to be, am I going to be running pro route concepts? How am I going to be showcased? Are think going to be high quality target opportunities? You know, from everything from quarterback play to tight end hybrid usage to showing off running backs like NFL running backs and, and, and NFL receivers running routes vertically downfield. I mean, yeah, the offense has totally changed. And the reception from skill players, from Dane Key to Barry and Brown to you know, a lot of other guys, has been a 180 from what we heard for several years.
0: Justin Rowland, thank you much. Uh, happy Thanksgiving.
3: You as well. Happy
0: Thanksgiving. We'll close it out on the Leech Report for this Tuesday. We're served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington, and we'll be right back. UK has put single-game tickets on sale, or uh, is putting them on sale, uh, later today, uh, 5 Eastern time, for the 11 remaining men's basketball home games. That's uh, all the Southeastern Conference matchups, plus the games against uh, L and High Point, with Tubby Smith returning. So you can go to Ticketmaster.com or the Ticketmaster app, and they have mini-packs available for five-game packages as well you can uh, check out there uh this day in wildcat history 1957 kentucky upset tennessee 20 to 6 lou michaels was like a one-man wrecking crew for kentucky and it turned out to be the first time the fans rushed the field after a kentucky victory uh happy birthdays to the man who hired me for the uk job jim host and uh, to megan calipari coach cal's youngest daughter Happy birthdays to both! We'll see you tomorrow on the Leach Report. Thanks served up by Wild Eggs to of the Lexington. Leach
1: Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com LeachKY.com whenever you miss a show, and be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to Leach Report. At-